This is a pint-sized media podcast production. Welcome to the Janet Generally Speaking podcast. I'm Janet, and I'm going to be talking to Mary Lou Borden today. She is the founder and owner of ClearPath's Senior and Speciality Move Managers. Um, it's quite a mouthful, but we'll get into what it is and how it works and what she does and who she is and what makes her tick. Let's chat. Hi, Mary Lou. Hi, Janet. So tell me about... Let's let's put context to to what we're talking about by talking about your business first. What is ClearPath Senior and Speciality Move Managers? Um, ClearPath is a business where we essentially where we assist seniors to downsize and move. Um, it came about. Can I tell you about how it came yes, about? Yes, no, please go for it. So it came about because we moved my mom-in-law. Um, from her big family home that she'd been in for 52 years and um, and she was moving into a retirement village. And we spent Saturday after Saturday after Saturday after Saturday sorting out and deciding what to take and what not to take and what to do with the things mm. that she wasn't going to take with her. Big job. Big job. And um, she was on board with the move, um, but found it really hard to make those decisions mm. and it also gave me an insight into how emotional that process is mm. for somebody who's who's moving um a lot of our clients haven't moved for 30 or 40 or 50 years so the the, the thought of moving in itself is overwhelming yeah. um getting rid of things that have been part of their lives and everything's got a story behind it and a memory is an emotional process and a lot of the time, they are doing it for on their own for the first mm. time in their lives. A lot of our clients, um, yeah, have either recently lost a spouse or haven't moved since they've lost lost yeah, a spouse. Yeah. Um, and also, a lot of the time, our clients have had some event in their life that has been stressful, which has been the trigger for them deciding, or their family encouraging yeah. them to make the move to to something smaller. Yeah. Um, so they've had a health issue or a crime-related incident, whether it's fraudulent or violent crime. So there's often a lot of stress going on in their lives anyway. Mm. Um, and so we then take on that process and hold their hand through it um, to just action what they know needs to be done but often just don't know where to start and so get, get that kind of um, paralysis in mm. there's so much to do and so they don't know where to start and so they end up not doing yeah, anything. Yeah. So that in a nutshell is, um, is what we do. Okay. A friend of mine um, had to move or help, or in fact, going back a step, had to persuade his mother mm. to move out of their family home into a retirement village because from a health perspective, she needed to be closer to other people. Um, she was living on her own. And, I mean, that that persuading journey was, you know, difficult in itself. And then when it came to downsizing, um, by all accounts, I don't think she downsized very much. <laughs> so, yeah, and it was incredibly stressful, I think, both for her and for him, you know. Absolutely. Um, so I think having the funds to be able to have had someone come in and actually assist them and essentially do it for them, 
um, would have been a whole lot less stressful and and made the move a lot happier. I think so. It's well, a I, good it's a good start for anyone that's wanting to move into a retirement village. Absolutely, and and two points. First of all, a lot of the time the children don't have the capacity to do it. Mm. So. Um, for my mom-in-law, she's got two children and they're both in Johannesburg. But that has to be by far the exception and not the yeah. rule. So tons of our clients don't have any family in, in the country. Um, but a lot of them do still have, have children in, in Joburg. But between your own work and your own children and your own lives, um, it's it's hard to find that time to, yeah. um, to assist. And second of all, um, there's an emotional relationship there, whereas we are not emotionally involved. Yes. So first of all, we're not emotionally involved to the stuff that you're yeah. trying to get rid of, but we're also not emotionally involved in the relationship. And so um, I think a lot of the time that makes it easier for us, for, for the client to take our guidance and advice yes. on things. Yes. And I also always tell them it's not our job to tell them what they can and can't take with them. That's not our job. Our no. job is to guide them. Um, and and we can be fairly persuasive with that, but we won't tell them what to do. Yeah. And then our job is to action the decisions that they make. Yes. So if they say that this is going to charity, we will then, they made that decision and straight away my team is behind me working through it and then allocating it to the charity yeah. pile, boxing yeah. it, inventorizing it, etc. So um, a lot of the time our clients you know, there's this pick up and put down. Oh, I ne I know that I need yeah. to send that to charity, but I, I don't know how to do that right yeah. now, and it gets put down somewhere else. Um, and so we we talk about we work on a one touch policy. Yeah, we're working on it once. You touch it once, it gets actioned, allocated, and we are making those steps yeah. happen for them. Let's go a step backwards. When did you start, and why? What motivated? We know what inspired you now, um, but when did you start, and 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 what? motivated you to start? Um, I was, um, I guess you could say, a COVID casualty. Um, I had been retrenched with COVID straight up, um, right at the beginning, in fact, just before COVID hit. Um, and so I was in this amazing um, stage in my life where I was, um, I had this blank canvas in front of me, um, which I think is actually just the most amazing the most amazing thing in your life because when does just everything stop? Mm. Um, so besides the COVID and lockdown that we were all coping with, I was, you know, sitting in my garden every day, watching my vegetables grow, deciding <laughs> what what would be the next step yeah. in my life. Um, and I do get asked that question of, uh, you know, how did you come up with this idea? Well, I came up with the idea because I was sitting in my garden watching my vegetables grow. And so yeah. I had the time and the, and the um, mind space to be yeah. creative and think things through, yeah. which I think in our crazy busy lives that we live, we don't get that opportunity to do that. Yeah. But that's difficult, though, because you, you to just start something, um, which I mean, I, I know. Um, so tell us, you've had your own business before. Mm -hmm. So serial entrepreneur just an entrepreneur um what wh what do you think um gave you the courage to do it during covid i mean covid the doors were locked we didn't go anywhere we did you know we barely went shopping especially um 
at the very beginning. So what gave you the courage to say, okay, pull up the bootstraps, let's get this going? Um, I think kind of um, probably necessity. Okay. Um, I think that I knew that I needed to generate an income. Yeah. Um, and I spent a little bit of time, um, you know, looking at those horrible <laughs> job sites and realizing that that was going to be a a tall ask or yeah. a hard a hard ask. Um, I had been self-employed for 10 years prior to being employed yeah. and knew that it sat better with me. Okay. Um, so it was something that I wanted to go back to, but but when you're relying on a salary, it's it's hard to walk away from yes, that. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, yeah. There's a comfort zone. Definite there. comfort zone. <laughs> it's one responsibility you don't need to sort of think about. Exactly. Um, so I don't know that I ever would have had the guts to have walked away from a salary. Yeah. Um, but but suddenly that salary fell away, and so that part of being a stumbling block or yeah. a um, barrier to yeah. to going back on my own fell away. The introduction of chaos <laughs> yeah. is the thing that generally brings change. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely, yeah. and abso- and that is absolutely what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that yeah, that was kind of it was it was a necessity thing, and I'm I look back now and I'm very grateful for it. But yeah. um, it doesn't, it's not the easier path, definitely. Did were there were there challenges or barriers that you had to overcome to get started, or because of the nature of the business, were you able to just set it up and get going? Um. I think what <laughs> I, okay, I had this idea. She's, she's, she's giggling. <laughs> I'm waiting in bated breath for the answer. Um, because it was a kind of, a, uh, it was easy to set up. I'd, you know, it, I came up with the idea and then kind of thought, is this a business? And did a bit of research and realized that there's an association in the States, the National Association of Senior and Speciality Moving Managers, a mouthful in itself. Um, which has over a thousand members. And I spent quite a lot of time looking yeah. that, at that and realizing that if there were a thousand people in the States who could do this job, then surely there could be somebody in this country who, um, who could do it. Um, and I had run my own business, business before. Yeah. So, you know, got everything in order, business cards, website, et cetera. And then did a wake up of, oh my word, what am I doing? Um, because then realized that um, this was an industry that I'd never been in before. Um, I did not know, I had no network or relationships within the retirement village industry, within the moving space, any of those spaces. And dare I say it, I hadn't moved house in (laughs) 25 years. So um, that was my barrier, the beginning part. The barrier, for me, probably the biggest barrier was my own headspace. Um, and believing in myself to um, to believe that I could do it, yeah. and getting some, um, yeah, getting going with it. So that was the barrier, really. Yeah. Okay. I think what I want to know, and maybe going on a little bit of a more personal tangent here, is. When it comes to to work, and maybe maybe some of these are work and sort of 
in your own personal life, what habits have you developed that that you take to work with you over the years? Over the last two years or over my life years? Well, let's talk about your whole life years first and then see then is there are there any that you've developed in the last two years because of the business that um that you now can't do without? I think um if I look at the last two years, my habits are, I'm probably much better at thanking people mm-hmm. or at um, consciously complimenting people, my team, um, which I think kind of comes from a confidence thing. Okay. So I think um, you know, in my youth, you, if I look at myself, it was always kind of how was I doing and was I okay mm. in it? And, and, and coming to realize that maybe everybody's feeling that to an extent. And so seeing that when we, we're in, we, when we are on a job and with a client and um, getting back in the car at the end of the day, mm. what we generally will do is we'll do a, okay, how did that go? Just as yeah. we're driving you know, driving back to for me to drop them off. Um, how, how did that go? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? What yeah. went well? And and um, and finding the positives and um, and try and find something either for each of them or certainly for one of them if it stood out of what what went well and how they okay. contributed. Yeah. Um, and seeing how that. Um, complimenting and and building up yes building somebody up but it, it kind of is the snow, snowball effect yes. they do something well yeah. and you compliment them then they do it better do it the next better, time yeah. and, and that positive kind of reinforcement um which is something that i definitely um didn't have the cognitive space to think about in my younger years yeah but we do all get better with age hey we i think sort of we We're know. like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I take my hat off to you. I'd, I, I mean, in my space, I don't think that I would be comfortable now dealing with stuff. I mean, I just not. Mm-mm. So I've got a divine team. I've got a really awesome yeah. team. And, and then that's what it's all about. It's, it's gathering the people around you. But I think one of mine is the, you know, the sort of, Intolerance for <laughs> <laughs> don't you know how to do that? Oh, no one's taught you. Oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think I think that brings me to 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 now go down those the little bit more personal path because all of this I think in getting to know you is about you know bringing us back to the type of business that you have because I think I don't think any everyone um, could could work and do the jo- the job that you've chosen to do. So what inspires you generally in life? Am I supposed to answer like nature and things like that? Or am I supposed to answer <laughs> people? <No. laughs> well, look, I mean, if there's a, look, I know that you love birds and that you, you know, you love escaping uh, to, to the bush. Um, but so if people, it's people wise, what inspires me? Um, I think what ins- well what probably what inspires most people people who have got grit yeah and people who have got um the the courage 
to make things happen. Yeah. And um, maybe also, and I, I, I probably need to take a lesson from this, people who find the positive in things. Because life's tough. Life's yes. tough for all of us. Yeah. Um, Especially here. In South Especially Africa. here, absolutely. Look around the world, but I think everyone has their own reality, and it's tough here. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's not easy. Yeah, and um, and so instead of focusing on the negative, those people who who focus on the positive, and you know, we 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 see people in their senior. A lot of our clients are seniors, and we see them in that senior stage of their lives, yeah. and we see some amazing people and interact with some amazing people, and. And those who find the positive yeah. and those who um, find the negative and everything is, is negative. It's negative, yeah. And, um, and so those people in, inspire me. I and so when, the, when, the, when it comes to other inspiration, what recharges your soul? Or Quiet time. Quiet time. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely one of yeah. those people who's always yearning for quiet time. I love my family. I love being with my family. Yeah. Um, but I definitely am one of those people, you know, are you an introvert or extrovert? I'm definitely an introvert at heart. Yeah. And I definitely need quiet time. Um, and is that at home or is that in the bush with the birds? Um, Both. Because when you're at home and you're alone at home and you're filling your house with your own energy, yes. there's something awesome about yeah. that. Agreed. Um, which is a privilege to get because it's not something yeah. that I get often. And um, I think especially today with kids that are, te are teen or just coming out of being a teenager – that are still at home. Yes, exactly. There's not much space for quiet time at home. No, alone kind of thing. no, there's not much of that. So, um, yeah, so that always is special time. But time out and time, just being in the bush and um, and watching a bird is is always just feeds my soul. So what do you do for fun? Besides watch birds? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got that one oh. so far. Um, I think lots of things. Um, I think my 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 challenge is is finding the time for for everything. I love to crochet. I love to read. Um, I um, uh, yeah, I love to walk. Definitely not a runner, but um, but love to love to walk. Um, and yeah, my garden, my vegetable garden, was my saving grace in. In COVID times. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to to that. I yes. mean, I can, certainly can. Yes. Um, it doesn't get nearly enough attention now. No. Um, well, thankfully, we've had rain, so you don't have to worry about, about that. watering it, at least. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that that's... But also having a purpose and having something to get up to every morning. I think that um, it must be a very weird feeling to not have, have that. So I'm yeah. very grateful for... For that, yeah. and I get a lot of um, a lot of satisfaction out of out of this mm. this business. The the when we leave a job, and I know, 
and I come home to my husband every night and say, I don't know how they would have done it without us. And that sure. gives me an enormous amount of satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, it's a lot, there's a lot of reward in it. And I definitely find when we're working with, with one of our senior clients who's in that stressful stage of life, I've got an enormous amount of patience for them, yeah. which I think um, is a maturity thing. One of the things that um, I've seen, I think on Facebook, it was, I think it was a post on Facebook, is um, around how you suggest that we should listen to senior people a lot more than we do because they've got so many stories to tell and so much wisdom. Tell us how you got to, to that realization that, uh, you know, did, was that, did you know that before you worked and started your business or is that something you've learned dealing with senior people on a regular basis? Um, I think um, a bit of both. Um, there was an amazing lady who lived to 100 who um, was a very good family friend of, of my husband's grandfather. Sure. Um, who made the comment to me one day, and I'll never forget it. She said, I'm exactly the same person. I'm just stuck in this old body. <laughs> and um, and I think that I've realized yeah. that, that we all, we, we look at old people and we think that they're funny and forgetful and old. Yes. But they're actually the same person yeah. who they always have been. And we will be that person one day. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. And um, and so they, if you if you can look past their forgetfulness, yeah. Um, they've got some amazing stories to start to tell. They've they've had some amazing experiences, and um, and give them give them a little bit of time and respect. Yeah. Um, is definitely something that we in this culture don't do enough of um and and they deserve that yeah um and i think that it is changing it is changing there is a um a shift to being more incorporating of of seniors and realizing that they're not um you know stupid and yeah. just because they might not be able to hear you or can't remember so well would you say that has got a lot to do with the fact um and the rise of retirement villages um senior living villages as they call them now where the, you you can you can move in as long as you're over 50 <laughs> um and you know the in-laws are are in one particularly and i think it's changed their lives you know they've gone from living on their own just the two of them to 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 com you know li moving into a community where they have a very active social mm, life, mm. Uh, you know, and, and new friends and, and mm. new people. So mm. it's it's almost a new lease on life. I think it is for a lot of people a new mm. lease on life. And I think it's um, it's a positive environment as opposed to that old age home. Yes. Um, so the mindset has shifted definitely. Yeah. Um, and some of them more than others. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's your golden years. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's not the, uh, what is the word? What do they say? Um, God's waiting room kind of oh, scenario, no. No, you no, know? No. No. Um, but having said that, you know, we also, we do, we do moves into frail care or assisted living facilities, which yeah. are not always, are not happy moves. No. Um, and we do deceased estates, which can be very tragic. I was going to get to that as well. And then my question, I think, with this, with this deceased estates is how, how do you cope with moving into someone's home 
that is no longer there and you know that you are surrounded during that job with family that are in mourning? Um, how do we cope with it? We we just um, we we try and be res- as respectful as as we can yeah. be, and we try and be respectful um, to that person and that person's things, mm. even though they are no longer there and no longer need them. Um, and that's it's just um, yeah. I think by being respectful. So, and what would you say to somebody who says no? Uh, I couldn't do let anybody help with you know sorting out the deceased estate because this is the last time that I'm going to be doing anything for them. Would you would you have a comment for them? Would you have advice or would you have a suggestion that you work with them? Um. No, I think that if that's what they want to do mm. and that's their wish, then I fully respect yeah. that. And um, and then and then there isn't a place for us in it. We yeah. our, our places for those people who would like to do that but don't have the capacity yeah. for one reason or another. Um, but but if that is something that that you are able to do and want to do for and everybody's different and it takes nothing away from how they feel about their their parent or their relation yeah. um, if it's something that they don't want to take on. Um, and and um, we, we kind of, we take our cue from the family on how, um, how to handle it, if they, okay. how involved they want to be with deciding what can be sold mm. and, and, and what can't be, et yeah. cetera. Um, because everybody's got their own level of, of involvement that they feel is right or fair or, or what yeah. they want to do. Or, what, or, capacity, or capacity, emotional capacity. And physical, whether they can actually do yeah. it. Yeah. Before, before we get to our last quick fire questions, which is the fun part of the, the podcast, um, how much of you, you know, I, I think one has, you've got one, ha- everybody has different selves. You know, there's the self that, that you take to work or to home. There's often the self that you take into a marriage. Um, would you say that all of you makes the business possible or is there a definite work business Mary Lou? Um, I think there is a, I think the work business Mary Lou is probably more, um, confident looking and assertive than the self Mary Lou (laughs) might be, um, imposter syndrome, fake it till you make it, all of those kinds of things, um, especially in the beginning. Um, but I think that the core of Clear Path is Mary Lou, which is partly why it's it's difficult to um, why I want to be involved in every step, and it's difficult to to decide where and how to grow. Yeah, because um, because I d- it's hard to let go of things. Yeah, um, and to give other people the 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 freedom <laughs> and responsibility and confidence to run with things. Yeah, um, which is. Yeah, part of my challenge um, because I do definitely invest very yeah. deeply emotionally. Okay, let's let's wrap this up with uh, with my quick fire questions. So we just uh, yes or no or whichever the answer is. This is not. So, what's your star sign? Leo. 
chocolate or chips? Depends on my mood. <laughs> Maybe both together. Mm. One chocolate, one chips, yeah. one chocolate, one chips. Do you have tattoos? No. Did you go? What school did you go to? Rosebank Convent. Tea or coffee? Coffee. One in the morning. Cook or eat out? Cook. Best mm. part of your day. Oh, <laughs> did I need to stop there? <laughs> Best part of your day. If I wake up early in the morning. And I can just um, have some time in the morning. Then that would be my best part of the day. Yeah. First thing you think about in the morning. Work. <laughs> creative. Are you creative morning or night? Morning. Lying in the bath is my most creative <laughs> moments. Definitely. <laughs> when you're just lying in the bath and you can just let your mind wander. Favorite writer? Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm always reading a book, but I never know who the author is or what it's called. So I'm not sure that I could tell you my favorite writer. Um, that sounds very unprofessional. No, it doesn't. It just You've just said that you're a reader. so I'm a reader. I always am reading, but I'm not a fast reader. Okay. But I definitely am always reading. What makes you nervous? Um, well, I think that... Being out of my comfort zone makes me nervous, but it also is when you feel most satisfaction and what is that word? Um, yeah, that that awesome feeling of having achieved something yeah. when you have put yourself out of your comfort zone. Favorite getaway? Oh, any getaway. <laughs> um, I don't know. We... Um, we spent a couple of days in Karoo National Park in January, and that was just awesome. I absolutely loved it. How do you feel about social media? Um, <laughs> I feel that it's awesome to hand it to somebody else to do. <laughs> okay. We know that we absolutely need it. It's been a very um, powerful vehicle for us. So I'm very grateful for it, but it's not something I want to get involved in. What's in your bag that you can't live without? La Paz. If you could switch lives with anyone, who would it be? That girl on Wild Earth who... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget her name. Yeah, I, I know who you mean. <laughs> that I can understand. Finally, what song is currently making you dance? You can sing it if you can't remember oh, the name. You don't want me to sing. <laughs> um, what, what's it called? Don't Stop Believing. Journey. Okay. And stop believing. Don't. No, so you better cut that no, part. You better cut that part. <laughs> I've you know that song? Yeah. Love it. What's it called? I I Don't think stop it's that, believing. Yeah, I think so. And that's a wrap on our, uh, on our conversation. Thanks so much for chatting with me. I've loved every single minute of it as I knew I would. Um, Thank you, Janet, for your time. And that's the Janet Generally Speaking podcast where we've been chatting with Mary Lou Borden from Clear Path. See you next time when we chat again.